Morning, morning, there we go. That's awkward, I had to preempt my um, jumping on stage because the table wasn't here. <laughs> so the awkward silence would have been for much longer if I hadn't had to preempt. So what's in the box, if you're wondering, is an iPhone 13. So at the end of this preach, I'm going to ask a question. Whoever gets it right, wins an iPhone. Do you guys believe me? Wow, in the house of the Lord, I would lie. <laughs> Oh, I'm joking. There is not an iPhone 13 in here. Anyway, good morning, church. If you don't know who I am, my name is Sia, and I lead the evening service. And a welcome to our guys online, and a special welcome to someone online. Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh, are we ready to have some fun this morning? I'm going to need all of your brain, every single um, fabric of your gray matter I need. Because uh, this is a very theologically dense message, but when you get it, your life is going to change forever. So I'm going to do my best to make it as simple as possible, but at the same time, we still need to grasp the concept, because I'm going to be uh, submitting to us a paradoxical, seemingly impossible possibility. So both of these two ele elements are absolutely true, but some people find themselves on one camp or the other because we are in a kingdom series and we're unpacking principles of God's kingdom that we get to actually live out here on earth. So Ross spoke last week about the king and his kingdom, how we often don't really relate to God as, or Jesus as king. We normally have him as friend or a, a saint or a priest, whatever you relate to Jesus as, but he is actually our king. And then from there, I'm going to do my best um, to walk through the history of the covenants that God gave us as a picture of his kingdom to a certain degree. But now, for this message to actually really, really make sense, we actually need to start off at the place that matters most, and, and that's what do you actually know of God's kingdom? What is God's kingdom like? Because if we don't know that part of it, how we're meant to live here on earth actually becomes almost moot because we don't know what God's kingdom is like. So if you're part of the midweek content, Ross kind of unpacked a little bit of what God's kingdom is like. Um, and essentially, this is Jesus' first message to people. And in a nutshell, he's saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he's saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is here. Now I'm going to explain as best as I can the, why that was actually so powerful and what shift happened in people's minds when he said that. So if you weren't part of the midweek content, Ross read the scripture, Luke 14, verse, I mean Luke 4, verse 14, he says this, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as, he was, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the captives and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled. In your hearing. Essentially what it's saying is the kingdom of God, that which you've read is going to 
actually become manifest within you from this day. From this day. And that portion of Scripture is actually extracted from Isaiah 61. So if you go, if, if you go read that, that is the year of the Lord's favor. And that is what's going to happen within the year of the Lord's favor. So Jesus is saying, I am going to bring about these things from this day forth. Now, we've got to go back, I suppose, at how we actually got to that point. Now, Ross did a little bit of the history of the Bible. I'm going to do a history of the Bible, but from a different point of view. And that's the point of view of the covenants that God made with man all the way leading up to Jesus and how they paint a picture of the king and his kingdom and how you and I get to live in somewhat of that tension. So as we, most of us might know, Jesus, I mean, God created the heaven and the earth, created man, and we're in a perfect relationship with him, perfect covenant relationship with him. And then, of course, chapter 2, sin enters into the world, and that relationship is severed. Now, over the course of the history of the Bible, God is trying to maintain the relationship with man, all while pointing them to a king that would come, and his name is Jesus. The first expression of those covenant relationships was through Noah. So that's called the Noahic covenant. Are you guys still with me? Really? <laughs> that's called the Noahic covenant where God wipes out all of man and he says, I will never do that again until the day of redemption, of full redemption. So that's what he's saying is he's a hectic God. He has all the power to do absolutely that. And he wants all of us to live our lives according to a certain standard. The next one was the Abrahamic covenant where he, he promises to bless us that we might be a blessing to all of creation. And the covenant after that was the uh, Mosaic covenant through Moses where he says that he will set us apart to do his will here on earth. And the last of those was the Davidic covenant where essentially saying you guys have chosen and established kings of your own, but I will send you guys a king that's going to do far more than the kings that you guys have chosen or even he has chosen. So Ross mentioned that last week that David was possibly one of the closest typological figures in the Bible, which means he's most linked to Jesus because he was the anointed one, the, the Messiah with the little m. So all of these things are meant to point to one thing, that when this person comes, he is going to bring about the kingdom of God in its fullness. So you can imagine now, generation after generation, story after story, that's the picture that they're painting. And to paint an even bigger one, in Isaiah it says this, Isaiah 9 verse 67, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So what they're saying here, essentially, because after this, after some time, after this, there was a year of 450 to 500 years of absolute silence. God says absolutely nothing. So at that point, the present evil age was, there was injustice, there was sickness, there was brokenness, there was guilt, there was darkness. So 
they were living within the age of present evil. And when the king comes that God is speaking about, now within those years of silence, these are the stories that the prophets were getting to share with the people and they passed down from generation to generation of a king that will come and establish his kingdom. Essentially what they're saying is where there was injustice, where God's um, reign is hidden, God's reign will no longer be hidden. Where there is sickness, there will be healing. Where there is depression and all that kind of stuff, God will make things right. When God's kingdom is established, those things of old will be no more. When the king comes, he will establish his kingdom here on earth. And I've got some props to help me make my point. So this is an engaging preach, give or take. Yes? Okay. So, uh, okay. I went out of frame there if you're online, but I'm still good looking, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's a joke. Laugh with me. <laughs> okay. So, now, over the years, the stories that were told about, of this old kingdom, that when Jesus arrives, this kingdom will be no more. So what they kind of understand is that this old kingdom will come up here to a point, and then when Jesus arrives, he is going to establish the new kingdom. Okay? So old kingdom, new kingdom. Now these are stories that were told. So when Jesus arrives and says this, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is here. What everyone is hearing is the old kingdom will be no more. The new kingdom is now upon us. Political powers will be overturned. Sickness will be no more. Injustices will be completely eradicated. There will be, we will be new creations. We are, we are going to enter into God's fullness. Everything that was promised is now fulfilled in this one person but he didn't come in the way that they expected. So they might have been expecting a king on chariots that's going to completely overthrow the Roman Empire and every other empire and establish Israel once again. But that's not what happens. Jesus comes, lives a seemingly ordinary life for 30 years. Three years, he picks 12 young men, walks a journey with them, explaining all of these things. So within that, he's not just saying the kingdom of God is at hand. He's saying the kingdom of God is delayed. Or he says something like the kingdom of God is near. Or the kingdom of God is yet to come. Now all of those things can't be Jesus trying to confuse his disciples. But they all absolutely really make sense. But to them, if we put ourselves in their shoes, that must have been absolutely confusing. Because what they understood was when the king comes, he's going to establish his kingdom. So the old kingdom will be no more, the new kingdom will be at hand, will be upon us. But now if we're saying that it's near and it's delayed and it's yet to come and it's here, which of these things is true? All are absolutely true. All of those things are true. Now I'm going to explain to you why they're true. So for the purposes of, this, of today, I have titled my preach, um, the three E's, expectation, experience, and expression. Expectation, experience, and expression. Look at your neighbor and say, 
expectation, experience, and expression. I'm going to explain a concept today because what Jesus was saying to us is that we live in the tension where we need to expect, experience, and express. Because when he says the kingdom of God is at hand, the kingdom of God is near, the kingdom of God is delayed, the kingdom of God is to come, it came all through him to some people, not everyone, because we never speak about the people that Jesus didn't heal. So to them, the kingdom of God wasn't actually really made manifest in those moments. So where where Jesus was, we get to experience the kingdom now. And to those that had not yet experienced the kingdom of God at hand in their lives, they can fall under the grip of the kingdom, not yet. Are you still with me? Fantastic. Now... Everything that exists lives in the tension of these two things. You and I live in the tension of these two things. We get to experience the kingdom now, when we experience kingdom breakthrough immediately, and we also get to live in the tension of the kingdom not yet, when we don't yet experience the breakthrough of the kingdom. But it's yours already. It just means that the kingdom has not yet broken through for your circumstance, for you, just yet. I want to make two examples to help make my point. So, who here knows Schrodinger's cat? Schrodinger's cat. It's a thought experiment by a person called Erwin Schrodinger. Um, so, <laughs> hey? <laughs> no. <laughs> So, um, in quantum mechanics, these are also things I learned. I I know very little, um, but in quantum mechanics, he to explain um, Copenhagen to explain something superpositions, quantum superpositions. There we go. Uh, Schrodinger submits a thought to everyone. You take a cat, you put it in a box, and you put a radioactive agent and uh, like, and some kind of Geiger counter that kind of ticks off and it, it causes that radioactive agent to explode within the box. So the cat is in this box, there's a radioactive agent, and something that causes the container of that radioactive agent to explode. So before you and I can look in this box, at a certain point, that cat is both simultaneously alive and dead. So both principles exist. Until I do what? I open this, oh wait, the cat is actually dead. But because you and I don't actually know, the cat is both alive and dead. So that, don't ask me what he was trying to explain, but that's the principle that you and I get to apply to this thing. That the kingdom is both now and not yet. Are you guys still with me? I look so confused. (laughs) I'll use another example. So during the Second World War, there are two events known as D-Day and V-Day. Do you guys know those? Fantastic. Now you guys are with me. So D-Day, the Allies invaded Europe. I mean, our Allies invaded Europe and established a military position. The day that they did that, the war was won. 
So that was D-Day. That was the kingdom now. When Jesus broke through the grave, ascending up to heaven, that was D-Day. A few months later, that, that same troops, those same armies, those same generals, that same soldiers, whatever, are the ones that eventually uh, defeated Hitler and his armies. That was then called V-Day. So in the same way that Jesus broke through the, through the grave, defeating sin and death, uh, the kingdom was now at our access, you and I's access, even though we don't experience the fullness of the kingdom. But when he returns, the fullness of the kingdom will be made manifest completely. Are you guys with me now? Fantastic. But because you and I live in the tension between these two events, our responsibility is to expect, experience, and express. So I get to expect the fullness of God's kingdom. I get to expect healing. I get to expect breakthrough. I get to expect circumstances to change when we call on the name of Jesus, like that song says. I get to expect everything about the fullness of the kingdom. And if it doesn't happen at that moment, there's nothing wrong with you or me or the circumstance or God. It's just the kingdom not yet made manifest in that moment. Don't stop expecting. That is just the fullness of the kingdom not yet manifest. Your V-Day has not yet happened. Your breakthrough has not yet happened. But it still can. So we don't stop expecting. We don't stop praying. We don't stop pressing into a kingdom breakthrough just because the kingdom didn't happen in that moment. It's not because you don't have enough faith. It's not because you're not good enough. It's not because you need to get your life in order. Absolutely not. When Jesus broke through the gate, the kingdom was absolutely yours if you've made him your Lord and Savior. It was yours. We just need to live in the tension of when it doesn't break through and when it does. Your depression, you might have been praying for it for years. It may or may not go away. But you and I never stop expecting the kingdom to break through in our circumstances. Furthermore, because we are carriers of the kingdom because he lives within us, we can expect breakthrough for other people as well, even if you haven't experienced yours. We get to live in the tension of now and not yet. Because you know that when he does return, when he does return, he will establish his kingdom in its absolute fullness. All brokenness will be gone. All sickness will be completely eradicated. The spirit will be poured out in its fullness. There will be no longer the fallen creation. We will be the new creation, but we live in the tension of the present age and the age to come in its fullness. You and I reside within that tension. So now, what now? Yes, we live in that tension, but what are we supposed to do between the kingdom coming in its fullness, Jesus' second coming? What does the Bible teach us? Be ever vigilant. Be ever vigilant. But there's a moment when Jesus um, had risen from the grave, now talking to his disciples. They ask him a very interesting question. And when I read that, and because they essentially... We're still living under this, with that train of thought. Cool, you've come, you died, we thought all was lost, 
but it turns out you are exactly who you say you are, and you're going to reestablish Israel. So he says this, they say this, or ask this in Acts chapter 1, verse 6. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Are you going to bring about the new kingdom that we've been hearing about for generations? Are you going to bring about the new kingdom that we've been hearing about for generations? And his response is this. It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Some versions say to the end of the age. Forever you and I are witnesses. For when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, you and I are witnesses of both the kingdom now and not yet because we carry the kingdom within us everywhere that we go. That means that you and I remain vigilant to the kingdom breaking through. So we live lives where we are expectant for an experience of the Holy Spirit and therefore get to express that. And we see that in miracles, signs, and wonders that are performed in His name. In His name. Because wherever we go, you and I carry the kingdom of God. We carry the kingdom of God. So if you guys don't know, which I suspect you might at this point, because if you don't know, then um, you, might, you must be new. Uh, but I've, I've been a, in a battle with arthritis for two years now. And, I mean, hey, people have prayed. Like, I've prayed. There was a month where I just took communion every day. Um, I'm like, when is the brother going to experience this breakthrough? Um, when is this thing going to end? When is this? Um, and I think my story is the, one of the best examples of the, the kingdom now and not yet. I have, I have already experienced my healing. I have already experienced my breakthrough. My flesh just needs to catch up to my spirit. I have experienced all of that in Christ Jesus, but my flesh just needs to catch up to my spirit which means I don't stop expecting because it can happen at any moment, which is why we remain vigilant for the kingdom to break through. Wherever you might find yourself, whatever the circumstance, whatever the pain, whatever the discomfort, wherever the hurt, you and I live in this tension of the kingdom now and the kingdom not yet but that just means we live lives where we, everywhere we go, I'm expecting the kingdom to break through right now. And if it doesn't, it just means the kingdom not yet. We walk into boardrooms, carrying the kingdom of God, going to ask something that seems seemingly impossible on earthly standards, but we are expectant for the kingdom to break through in this moment. And if it doesn't, it just means it's the kingdom not yet. So you and I can actually thrive in this tension period of both of these two truths because the war is already won. There's nothing more to fight. Jesus won it all. The last days began with him and they will be made complete in him when he returns. 
But wherever I walk, I walk with expectation for the kingdom to break through. In my speech, I speak with expectation for kingdom to break through. And when it does, we get to express the kingdom of God wherever we go. Because this part in between is the kingdom delayed. As I'm waiting for my breakthrough, I'm in the kingdom that is near. We live in those tensions. And in my opinion, they don't have to be negative experiences. It doesn't have to be a deeply uncomfortable waiting period. Because we have access to the fullness of the kingdom. Your spirit has access to the fullness of the kingdom. Wherever you go, however you pray, we get to pray expectant prayers because the kingdom of God can break through at any moment. And because of that, we remain expectant. Always. Amen? We're not going to pray a prayer that most of us might know, and Ross prayed last week. Uh, Cindy can come up and, oh, Ross, or Justy. But we're going to pray a prayer, and we're going to expect the kingdom to break through. And if it doesn't, keep expecting the kingdom to break through. Amen? Amen. So you guys can stand. This is the Lord's Prayer. We're going to stop at your kingdom come again. And Estelle is going to just lead us in a little bit of a prayer. But expect his kingdom to come in this moment for you. Wherever you are, whatever your circumstance, expect God's kingdom to come. So let's Pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on each and every one in this house today and every person watching online. Thank you, Jesus, that we can be expectant of your kingdom. Holy Spirit, come and rest on each person this morning. I want you to just take your hand and place it on your chest. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come in your presence, your manifest presence, your power. Come and heal our bodies. Thank you, Jesus, by your stripes, we are healed. I speak against every ailment, every disease, must bow to you, Jesus, to your mighty and powerful name. Every affliction, every torment must bow to your name. It must go right now in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, come and take its place and come and refresh Come and restore. Come and heal the wounds 
in our soul. Where we've been hurt, where we've been sad, where we've grieved, where we've suffered loss, where we've been disappointed, when hopes have been broken. Come and restore right now, Holy Spirit. Touch our soul and heal us. Remove the scars where the enemy has robbed, killed, and destroyed from us. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father, that we can be expectant today of your kingdom coming inside each person. Your hope, your joy. Where there's sadness and sorrow, there is joy. Your peace. Where there's worry, where there's fear where there's anxiety, it go right now in Jesus' name. And your peace come and take its place. Where our physical body is weak, where there's sickness, where there's disease, it goes right now in Jesus' mighty name. Pain go right now in Jesus' mighty name. name. Holy Spirit, come and restore joints, muscles, ligaments, vertebra, In Jesus' name. And renew our minds, Jesus. Holy Spirit, by your power, by your manifest presence, come and renew each one of our minds this morning to the mind of Christ. Father, we will see with your eyes. We will hear with your ears. We will feel with your heart. Our desires will line up with your desires. We will hear your heartbeat. We will walk with you and in you and through you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for doing a new work in us today. And we can say, I am a new creation in Christ. We just thank you for your manifest presence. We thank you for healing coming today. We thank you for new hope, new dreams today. We thank you, Father, for the joy, your joy being our strength. The fullness of you, Lord. The fullness of every promise in your word is ours today, Jesus. For we are children of the Most High God. Thank you, King of kings and Lord of lords. We speak your beautiful name, Jesus, your powerful name over every area of our lives. As we go into this week, may we be light for you, Lord. Light, the salt, your presence where we go, Father. Thank you that we can rest in you today and for this whole week to come. Amen. Amen Amen and amen. And if you need more prayer, you can come to the front. Thank you, Jesus. We can give Jesus a hand. Hallelujah. Our healer, our deliverer, our redeemer. Thank you, Lord.